Welcome to the Dementia Researcher podcast, brought to you by DementiaResearcher.nihr.ac.uk, a network for early career researchers. Hello, my name is Adam Smith. I work for University College London for the uh, NIHR and for Dementia Research as well. And today I'm delighted to be hosting this podcast recording for the NIHR Dementia Researcher website. Uh, this week, once again, I'm saying once again, but I don't know when this will come out compared to the other one. Uh, But today, we're recording on location from the University of Sydney, Susan Wackel Wackel School of Nursing and Midwifery. And I'm delighted to be talking to Michelle Lay. Lie. Lie. We're off to a great start, guys. This is just bad. I'm just, I'm so tempted to start again. That's just... (laughs) Maybe it's just becoming Maybe my thing. I'm getting so Michelle Lai uh, and Louisa Krein. Very good. Who are both PhD You've got candidates. This. You've got this. <laughs> from here at the University of Sydney. Um, Melbourne. Welcome to <laughs> Welcome to both of you. Um, often in our podcast we try to focus on specific research topics or areas of study, and we often discuss in advance what questions we might ask but today we're mixing up a little bit um and going with the flow and we've just got some general trap general chat general mm-hmm. chat about um life during your your research and during your phd time and a little bit about sydney and about yourselves and and how you cope um so let's start with some introductions uh hello michelle and louisa hello. Uh, Michelle, could you start with telling us a little bit about yourself? So my name is Michelle. Um, I'm in my third year of my PhD. Um, I've got about several months left, I think, around there. Um, And um, my PhD looks at how people with young onset dementia live in the community, as well as their family members, um, how they make decisions about the future and plan for the future. So um, I'm currently writing up my results, my thesis, which is really exciting, slightly stressful as well. Um, but well done. So three. So so you're one of those, I want to say like rare, but I don't think it is rare that have actually started, finished on time, mm-hmm. on schedule. I, I don't want to you know jump the gun and say I'm on time, but I think I'm, I'm traveling quite well. My supervisors are quietly positive so that's that's a good sign i think <laughs> rigorously it, it, it could go downhill it. from here like <laughs> as soon as i leave this room <laughs> and louisa yeah um my background is in speech pathology um i'm originally coming from germany that's where i studied um and my research um, is looking at the early identification of language and um, communication impairment in people living with dementia um, and I'm two thirds of the way in, so I uh, I'm a little bit behind Michelle. I always feel like we started at the same time, but no, you no, actually I, you yes, started I, earlier. Yes. But we have the same supervisor, so um, yeah. yeah, it kind of like you're quite linked in that sense. And yeah, um, yeah we're able to. So and, and well. how's it going? Yeah, um, not too bad. I think I'm I'm on time. I, I had to reduce my ambitious goal from the from the beginning. I had to cut down some of what I thought I'd. I'd get done um but was that because of scope creep did you yeah. suddenly find yourself going oh my that's interesting I should look at <laughs> yeah. that too and no, that's interesting I think it was more I, you know I had I had the goal to come out with um you know an end result that was usable in practice um and and 
um, I, under, I underestimated what it would take to um, actually um, yeah, test reliability of, of research inter- instruments or you know, um, questionnaires or tools yeah. as such. So um, it's just not possible in the time frame that I've got. So that's a key message for other people to take mm. away then is, is to kind Be of realistic, look at... yeah. <laughs> but I guess realistic. in the beginning you don't know what's realistic and you're relying on your supervisors. But, of course, your supervisors want you to be ambitious and I guess you, you always... I think you always start aiming high, um, but as you... I think within the first year you quickly know what will be possible and what's what not. And so from? your your research question and... Um, your aims will kind of change throughout the the PhD, which is good. So, did, so we, sorry. So did you figure out that your scope was too large, or was it? Yeah, well, it was you know in 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 conversation with um with the university, with my supervisors, mm. and also just realizing myself that I yeah overshot of what I thought would be possible. And You're we're, well. <laughs> <laughs> and we're not going to talk too much about mm. your research today. Yep. Uh, we'll focus a little bit more on Michelle's research because, mm-hmm. of course, we've just recorded a, a podcast with you and your uh, your friend and colleague, Cathy, mm-hmm. uh, and a whole half an hour talking about your work. Great. So, <laughs> so um, if uh, if this one appears beforehand, you should definitely look through our back catalogue and... and uh, look up Louisa's profile to find the previous podcast and if we haven't published it yet you should keep an eye out for that podcast that will be coming out shortly um, so Michelle um, could we could you tell us a little bit more detail about your work yeah so um, I interviewed 14 people with young onset dementia and 28 family members so it's across Australia <clears throat> Um, and I pretty I covered every single state in terms of the participants, um, except for the two territories. So there's the ACT, so that's Australian Capital Territory, where our capital city Canberra is in, um, and the Northern Territory. So I missed out on those two. Northern Territories because it's too rural and the capital because there's no people live there? I, <laughs> people live there. Or do you just not like those states? Um, oh, well, I haven't visited. Oh, I have visited Canberra, but oh, I've. Yeah, Northern Territory is a bit too hot and dry. So, but you'd have to get a little plane yeah, to take you around, yeah. wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah, no, but that, it is a shame that I couldn't find anyone there. But I guess the reason was is that I wasn't able to tap into anyone, you know, from organisations such as Dementia Australia, um, tap into their, I guess, their network to recruit. Um, and there's such remote communities, particularly in the Northern Territory, isn't it? I mean, mm, just... Well, the capital city, Darwin, oh God, I hope I got that right. It's Darwin, not mm-hmm. Alice Springs. Okay, mm-hmm. Darwin. Um, you know, it, it, you know, there is a population there, but obviously not comparable to Sydney or Melbourne. But there's certainly, I'm sure, people with young onset dementia there. So you interview these populations. Yes. Um, what were you? What were you? Why? What was I? Sorry. Why? Oh, why? Because I want to. What were you trying to find out? Because I want to, you know, capture. I, I guess a representative. Well, as much as possible of Australia. I mean. So was this was this about how they lived with the disease, how they were diagnosed? So how or? so how they experienced making decisions about the future and planning for the future. So, um, for example, future care, um, advanced care planning, whether they had their legal affairs in place, such as power of attorney, um, wills, guardianship, and how they approached those discussions with family members, with healthcare professionals, and their extended support network, like organisations like Dementia Australia. Or so these were qualitative interviews? Yeah, qualitative, yeah. 
Fantastic. And so what, what, I mean, where does that take you? I mean, first of all, I suppose, interestingly, I'm, I don't want to mm. scupper any future publications you've got mm-hmm. planned, but were there any common themes that came out? Any, any early observations? Well, not well, earlier. Well, Did yeah, I, I guess both people with dementia and their family members just really want to focus on the present and not really much about the future. They kind of just want to focus on today, here and now, you know, accentuating the positives about, you know, their life and, and just kind of trying to enjoy things whilst they can. And then they'll, I, I guess, when the time comes where they will have to make decisions, they'll make it then and there rather than now or today. So that was really something that stood out to me. Um, it's actually a really interesting yeah. finding because, you know, if you're looking at um, the topic that I'm trying to, or like what, what a lot of people say or what the, the general opinion is in in the clinical world would be, you know, we need to try and tackle problems as early as possible. So early identification, early intervention, you know, trying to do all these things, but actually, you know, if people who experience this disease um, say, we don't want to focus on what's to come, we just Mm. want to be here Mm -hmm. and present, that's a huge problem. Yeah, if that's you a then, yeah. So the people you'd like to capture at the, that are currently at the stage of the disease that, that Michelle's researching mm. don't actually want to talk to yeah. people because they don't want to think about what's coming. Yeah, and so mm. I guess like, you know, how can you, how can you in practice then marry these two opinions or viewpoints? How can you marry the, those up? Because both points mm. are valid. You know, mm. you can't make someone go and prepare for the future if they are not ready, if they don't want to. But at the same time, you know, there's a whole bunch of other yeah. implications if you don't tackle yeah. things yeah. early, you know, and, and I guess so what is the solution to that, in to young, that complex issue? In yeah. young-onset dementia, are you likely to live longer with the disease or do you have a shorter life? Uh, generally, you do live longer compared with older onset. So mm. I guess if you want to compare it with any group, it would be older onset. So, so it's not necessarily, I suppose, I don't know, is it? I mean, uh, it's not necessarily a negative in the long-term outcome there if, if for the first for the first while you're trying to focus on living the mm. best life you can and tr- not trying to bury your head in the sand about what's coming, but... Right. but putting that off until it's necessary and I suppose the challenge then is is knowing is when's the right time yeah. to start is that where you're going next I mean obviously having done these interviews what 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 how do you apply I'm what not you've at the learned? level yet where I can say you know this would be the right time to talk about the future I guess when is you know when is the right time we you know I haven't figured that out yet but it's, it's when they're comfortable that. obviously and when we, I guess the best thing we can do is just give them the support and the information they and their family members need Um, but it's just such an individual thing everyone takes you know the news of a diagnosis differently and and one of the big issues with young onset dementia is that it takes a quite a long time for the actual diag- the formal diagnosis to be given compared with older onset mm. dementia. Because so, there's a reluctance to, to or even, or is uh, it because not it's not recognised in clinicians? Exactly, exactly. It's not a common thing. Like, it's not the conclusion they jump to first. Right. So, you know, they might say, oh, you're stressed, oh, you've got depression. They might, you know, put it down to something else. Um, and then, you know, they go through, you know, the battery of tests and, and you know, scans and all that. So it, t- it does take a, a, quite a while. Um, and so by the end of that process, when they've received the diagnosis, they've been through the ringer, basically. Mm. And it's just, 
you know, completely overwhelming or, the, you know, for some, in some cases it's just they just shell-shocked. So, you know, at the end of all that, it's it's quite yeah, – and then to start thinking about the future in terms of having this diagnosis, it's quite overwhelming. Yeah. And, and you've travelled all around Australia. No, really, I don't have the funding. <laughs> so you made – so people came to you, you didn't No, I, oh, well, oh, these I were, wish. Were they over the telephone? Yeah, so over the telephone, Skype, Zoom, whatever they were comfortable with. Um, so that's interesting in itself then. I yeah. Mean, does that present – you know, having to do these interviews remotely, does that present some unique challenges? Do you feel – because did you do some face-to-face? Or yeah, so the Sydney, the metropolitan ones, yes. So I would either go to their home or they would um, come to me, like, to work. And did, um, did you find the interviews were shorter, longer, different if you did them face-to-face over remote? No, no, not necessarily. It, it just all depends on the participant. If mm. <laughs> I've had, I think my longest interview was, like, two and a half hours so, yeah just that participant I hope there was tea and biscuits involved in that one as well. no that was remote so. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I definitely had did tea you and transcribe <laughs> yeah I, ha- I also had to transcribe every single interview myself so that's yeah. 42 interviews that I had to transcribe myself how long myself. does it take you to transcribe one one hour oh uh, I don't know I don't time myself I'm a very very fast typer because I used to be a medical coder so um so do you say is transcribing just, just generally shorter or longer than the actual interview itself to do it. <laughs> so much longer. It depends if they if they speak slowly. I can go for like half an hour without stopping. So Michelle is. I would say that's pretty advanced. Yeah, I. I <laughs> so I've transcribed myself too. No, so I thought what, what I was like yours, I'm, I'm. I'm ten finger typer, and I wouldn't be so fast. So are your does it take you twice as long to transcribe as the original interview? Uh, is it less than that? No, probably like one and a half times as long. Like okay. if the That's interview was an hour, an so hour and a half, or an hour and forty-five, or something. Like it's, but it's. That's Maybe I've, I've That's got a bad. view of a league table here. I can see a league table on the website. Yeah. Who's the quickest transcriber? Power rankings. <laughs> we could do. You could do that, or you could certainly earn some extra cash by offering to do this yeah, for other people. That's right. Well, that's what I did for a job, actually. So and that wasn't uh, as part of my research. I was uh, really? how I first kind of got into. Yeah, I was transcribing interviews. How much did you earn an hour? Um, I can't remember now. I thought it was like thirty Australian dollars or something. Oh, wait. Or something. wait uh, when was that? Like. Oh, two, three, no, three years ago. Years and of course, you've been language and everything else. Yeah. Uh, can, and do you speak other languages too? Uh, well, obviously German as a yeah. mother yeah. tongue and then English. I, I did learn French in school for eight years, so I should be wow. much better than I am. I don't know. Like, I guess being from Europe, you have the exposure yeah. to a lot yeah, of different of languages. So I wouldn't say I speak uh, uh, Spanish, but... What, what about you, Listen, Michelle? Do you? I, I failed French. Yeah, so do you just do you just speak English? Um, English, um, Cantonese, because I'm Chinese. Um, I, I I really regret not learning Mandarin properly because it has bit me hard. So also, so right this now. is an interesting question then. So both of your both of your research studies, you've both done these qualitative interviews now. You with people with language problems, and obviously yours in this young onset population. Mm. Were they all just English speakers? Yes. And was that a, a kind of a requirement of your research or did it just end up like that? It was a requirement that they had to know how to speak English because that's the only language that I myself can converse in. Sufficient fluently. conversational English, right, would be the... 
Yes. Would be the well, that's what was problem. written on my participant information sheet. Mm. They, know how, they had to know mm. how to speak English. So that's that's interesting mm. as well because is that could that be then a barrier to you know encouraging people from other minority groups the kind of black Asian well, minority ethnic the, groups the to the thing is I recruited primarily through Dementia Australia and I am aware that they do offer different like information in different languages but because my um, recruitment poster leaflets are in English, that could definitely, you know, yeah, exclude yeah. Get... Actually, cold backgrounds. Yeah. yeah, I actually had an interesting conversation with when I was recruiting for my research, I um, also went via oh, a cultural um, organisation, kind of, um, I forgot what's called, FECA is the short short term it's in australia so they're they've you know an organization that helps um people from um backgrounds other than than australia to integrate into the culture here and uh, they said okay well we're happy to distribute but um you know do you allow for tra- interpreting services whereas your yeah, translated which can be a real and, barrier and it, to it, participation it's yeah. definitely I, I think it definitely yeah. is the problem that i guess we encounter is early career researchers mm. is definitely funding. I mean I can't I can't I can't afford someone to type up my trans my, mm. my, my interviews, let alone So there we go. So call to someone... research funders that might be listening to this to suggest that they should make more funding available. Not necessarily to do to perform research mm. that focuses on the, these other populations, mm. but to, to actually to have them make included, the yeah. other research that's going on more accessible. Because especially in Australia, and I mean, it's happening all over the world. I mean, you know, people are on the move, and but especially Australia is yeah. a migration country. And you, if you yeah. don't include people with a migration background, then you're missing yeah. Yeah, half absolutely. of the population. Probably. So, Mich- yeah. so Michelle, coming back to to your yeah. research studies, so you've you've perform the interviews now mm. um what are you going to do with that information are you are you developing some intervention or are you coming up with some new guidance <sighs> advice see i i don't have the same initial problem that louisa had was where her scope was too large i've tried to make it as manageable as possible and reasonable um so i haven't been that ambitious in terms of you know developing an intervention or or, or a tool or anything like that i think we're just going to just do the results do the discussion and then from there if there is potential postdoc work then I could well yeah do some you sh- what you found in of, your PhD to decide where to yeah exactly exactly and I think you know this is a good springboard to you know postdoc work mm. and furthering on my research particularly in the area of healthcare professionals as well because they're a group that I haven't interviewed mm. Um, so getting their perspective as well, I think just getting those three different perspectives really would complete my research work. And then I can really build on from there in terms of any intervention or, or you know, policies, things like yeah. that. Yeah. So when, when do you both think about your work? When do, when do you think about it? I mean, is this all the time? Is this just in the shower in the morning? Is this, is this 24-7? <laughs> is this the last thing you think about at night and the first thing in the morning? I think it's always there in in the ether of your mind, somewhere there. Even if you try and convince yourself, it's not there. Yeah, it's, it's it's a like challenge. a ghost. <laughs> Can you do switch you. off? Yeah, I mean, but I think you have to do it consciously. I mean, I don't think I've had a holiday except last Christmas, actually. So they're just 
Christmas 2018 when I got to go home and had two week, two and a half weeks, which is always too short. And mm. um, and I made the conscious decision then that because everything had been going so well in that year that mm. I just took the two and a half weeks to concentrate on fa- friends and family. Um, and um, but you know all other weekend activities mm. like I usually get up early I try to get up really early before my partner wakes up and sit there have my morning you know two hours or something where I try and do something productive um, maybe get something in the afternoon but just be conscious about then being present for the rest of the time and also I mean you're working as well yeah um, yeah. alongside the PhD and then I think you know finding that balance between okay today's my work day and today, the other day is my PhD yeah, day, so you don't mix it thing. up. It would be actually interesting. What about you, Michelle? Because you're full time, so I'm completely the opposite. I don't draw boundaries. For me, <laughs> I like just picking things up, you know, on the go whenever I feel like it. You know, and so I can sit like... there. I can actually sit there for. Okay, this is really embarrassing. I can sit there for literally like 14 hours nonstop work, 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 or I can just like let go and. Okay, it will sort itself out. I'll just go do some yoga, go to the gym, whatever. And so I don't have, for me, I don't really draw boundaries. I don't really have structure as well. I kind of do you have a desk? Do you both have a desk you go to at the university? Do you have a space at the university, or do you you work from home? Purely from home. Purely from home. Yeah, I've got I've got a space here at the university, but I also use uh, the library, which I like. Uh, Just having this collective uh, silence and just. What about you, Michelle? Right, Are you a big library user? I don't user? think I've even stepped in the library before. Oh, really? <laughs> well, that, that's fascinating. I mean, because that shows, yeah. you know, diff- different ways. There's no one way that's yeah. the right yeah. way of doing this, having that, that space that space turned on there. Mm. Um, and do, do, you take, have, do you take holidays? Have you oh, had yeah, a holiday in the last three years? I went to New Caledonia recently, but um, I, because I went... Um, had the New Caledonia holiday lined up, I had to do like 10 interviews in like oh, a yeah, week or two through. before. And I was just in that kind of Terminator mode. I was like, now I'm going to bring my laptop and I'm going to transcribe. So good. I love it. And that's what I did. I transcribed all my interviews. I watched, you know, the new season of Peaky Blinders, all the um, seasons of Unforgotten, um, is this, the this new is season of Victoria. Like I watched it all and I did it all. While you transcribed? Yeah, I transcribed. No, no, not whilst I transcribed. <laughs> Seriously, I mean, these, it, that sounds like avoidance techniques. I mean, okay. that's the you no. Know. But you reward yourself, so you yeah. do. Okay, I've done this two-hour interview. Okay, I'm going to watch this whole season that's of Peaky I, like that. I do that too. Rewards. Yeah, so. that's important. good. So you reward yeah. yourself with. Yeah, Do you kind of go right one more and... one more half an hour and then I'll have coffee or one more half an hour <laughs> yeah. and I can watch an episode? Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. That's, that's good. So how did you how did you both arrive at your topics? How did you arrive at your topic, Michelle? So I originally planned to do um, a PhD on advanced care planning and um, just people with dementia in general, and then I did a systematic review. Um, looking at the key factors for engagement in decision-making and future planning. Um, and I found that no one has really looked at the young-onset dementia population, so that's how I found my gap, which is kind of important because you don't want to replicate someone else's mm-hmm. work. 
Well, actually, that takes me to my next question because I, I was going to say, segue. <laughs> I, I know this happens to most people at some point, not necessarily just during their PhD, but also afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, have you come across anybody already doing your PhD? No. <laughs> <laughs> so you have stay that way. <laughs> Louisa? Um, no, not as such. As similar similarities for sure. Um, but I guess you can always find... I don't not always, I shouldn't say always, but I was lucky enough to find kind of distinguishing um, factors in, in the other research articles that I read to, to distinguish. Start, my... We need to start asking that question more because I'm quite interested to see if people just go, well, I'm plowing on mm. anyway. I don't care if yeah. somebody already <laughs> yeah. has done this. And maybe I'll find something different. Or yeah. if people attempted to go, right, I'm going to I'm gonna slightly yeah. tweak, yeah. I'm going to refocus. I think with qualitative research, it's a bit easier to find a different angle. Yeah. If, you know, you're developing a yeah. tool or whatever. If this tool is already out there, out I'm going to be devastated. <laughs> no, um, but I mean, I think it's also, I think in research, you know, there's this nice saying, you know, you're standing on the shoulder of giants. And often I, I always think if there's someone's already done it, isn't it good to do it again and see if you find the same things? I mean, there's always mm. something that's going to be overlapping with the vastness of, articles being released every day into this world wide web it's i feel like it's almost impossible to actually to find something know, new i think yeah, there is so, a, i mean i think people do feel the pressure to find something yeah, that's a and, little and bit yeah, unique yes yeah. at the yeah. same time uh, and in the last few years particular there's been this massive surge in the amount of yeah. uh, early career researchers in dementia so i think that's getting increasingly hard mm-hmm. to but maybe find we need to change our you know our thinking about that that that's actually not a bad yeah, thing adding to, to the body of evidence that's right yeah yeah, yeah. Um, and obviously, it's, I'm, I had a question here, which is how your work's developed. But I think you've answered this question. It sounds like, Michelle, you've been pretty focused in She's staying so on track. Good. No, is, I don't know. No, 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 but no, that's no, enabled no. you to finish on time, stay focused well, and, and As achieve. close as possible, yeah, whilst then, also working. Yeah. And then also giving mm. you a track for what you do to next. Whereas, mm. Louisa, you've adapted along the way. But equally, mm. then, some of the things that you've set aside are what you can come back to later. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, I mean, I've, I've still got got a year and a bit to go so the, there's um, no rules here there's no kind of don't get stressed if you do go off track or, or change slightly or if you stay onwards mm. there's there's no you no. shouldn't get stressed either way or feel that there's a right or wrong in this i think your supervisor also plays a very important role there <gasps> you, mm. have you read my questions <laughs> no i didn't but I, you know this because that's my, I had a peak. that's my next question so so you despite your kind of slightly differing areas of research you yeah. both have the same supervisor mm-hmm. who is professor yun he john here at john i said john didn't i said john john <laughs> i you know what, i've called her that for two years now and she's never yeah. corrected me um Yunhee John, uh, here at the University of Sydney, uh, I work with Yunhee as well on some other initiatives where the UCL and University of Sydney are collaborating over trying to get more people um, with dementia involved in research and supporting recruitment to studies. So how did you, how did you both choose your supervisor, did, or did your supervisor choose you? We didn't choose. Yeah. So we <laughs> are both we both received the same scans? scholarship. <laughs> <laughs> no, we both received the same scholarship, and it's attached to Yonhee as a supervisor. Ah, so you applied for a scholarship, mm, yeah. and then it came with a supervisor. Yeah. Ooh, that's. I that's, know. I've so read lots of. Risky, isn't I've it? read that's lots of risky. kind of articles and blogs about about 
choosing how, your research choosing yeah. your supervisor yeah. the questions Can't you should ask there, finding the right no, person but i think what we need to add here as a background is also that we both is um, that like an arranged marriage Maybe. I mean, they work out. I don't out. know yeah. much about yeah, arranged marriage. Yeah, a very successful arranged marriage. We um, fell in love, yeah. actually. <laughs> yeah, I, I, hold on. I know one of Yoni's, um, one of Yoni's students brings them her cake every oh, time. Oh, God. Is that you? Yes, that is me. you. Michelle, so every time you meet Yoni, <laughs> you bring her cake. So she's clearly yeah. the favourite. And yeah. she yeah. loves, <laughs> and to be fair, Yoni loves cake. Yeah, I know. I figured that <laughs> out very early on. I need to up my game here. Yeah, cakes. No, but so I think cake w- works? Cake works. Yeah, yeah definitely. Little, little. So how has that relationship developed over time? Because that's an interesting one. I mean, because I assume then Yunhee must. Does Yunhee have a a role in choosing who gets the the fellowship, the scholarship? The scholarship. No, no that's done by an independent board. Really? Um, panel? As far as I know, I think. So neither of you get to choose each other equally. Then I mean, Yunhee also has the challenge of being presented with somebody who she hasn't said, "Oh yeah, I'll be your supervisor," and you've not. Oh, you still have chosen. to meet with her beforehand. Oh right. Yeah. So we all, are, I presume, you did the same. Where you just you met with her. Mm-hmm. Um, mine actually also came attached with a second supervisor as well, um, Heather McKenzie, associate professor Heather McKenzie. So she's. Uh, a researcher in cancer. She's also, I think, she's a second in charge of the nursing school. Mm. So she's academic dean or something like that. Um, um, and yeah, so it came attached with two supervisors for my, for, yeah, yeah not for my one. I don't know about not yours. for mine. But I think yeah. that the important key information also as a background. Like, I mean, you, we both worked with you and he also beforehand. So. No, I worked with her after. I, I worked. Okay, yeah, cool. okay. So I. I actually, you know, I, I got to know her through my work as a, um, a research assistant and mm. she kind of picked it up and said, here's this, you know, there's a scholarship opportunity, well, you should apply for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah she, I remember. She, mm. And oh, the good. kind of the th- seed was already um, planted because I had thought about a PhD, but then when she suggested that, it almost just kind of came to me to start the rather than me actively. Well, because yeah. you know, if you've got any self doubt there, having a yeah. professor say yeah. to you, "Hey, you should, you yeah. should apply then, for this this scholarship." You should. And you do have a that PhD. previous relationship, mm-hmm. so I actually knew what I was getting into yeah. in terms of you know choosing the supervisor. And, yeah. and that relationship's, I mean, obviously so important. Has yeah. that developed over time? I don't know if develop is the right word because Yunhee has been the same since the start. Like she, she's also quite experienced supervisor. Very su- and, um, yeah, experienced. I saw she, I saw a little certificate in her room saying yeah. she got. Did you both? Make- yeah, we both nominated her for <laughs> super supervisor of the year for the nursing faculty, and she beat two others. <laughs> <laughs> so in addition to cakes, so bribery works. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it's but that that highlights how it's it's so important to have a very good relationship yeah. and healthy relationship with your supervisors. Okay. So I'm gonna I'm realize where once again I'm rubbish at keeping to time. So I'm gonna plow through these last couple of questions. We're gonna go short, Sounds succinct good. on these ones. Great. So I was reading an article recently that talked about five things successful PhD students refuse to do. Mm. Um, so let's go through these one by one, and you can tell me if you've managed to refuse to do I can these yes things. Or no. um, you can go on yes or no. You can elaborate a little bit if you like. Okay. Let's make it like okay. a, a quiz. Quick. There's no buzzers. So feel like a failure. If, First if one. I refuse to do uh, that. Do you refuse to feel like a failure, or have you? Do, do, do you? That never came into my mind. Feel like. Wait, so is this never, during my PhD? During the last oh. three years, have you felt like a failure no. at any point? No. no. So Good. yes, we refuse to do that. 
feel like a failure? Is that true? You refuse to feel like a failure, yeah. This is going so well. It's not a double negative. Did you refuse? You've not felt like a failure. You've refused to feel like a failure. Even when you've kind of, you know, you've had a bad week, you, things aren't running quite on schedule. You're a very positive person. You haven't so met I can't your writing goal. You, I, I, yeah, you I are I'm, super. I've never seen yeah. you not smiling. You're always smiling. smiling. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. you angry. Yeah, I try to look at the bright side of life. That's true. Yeah, so... Uh, so that's no, good. There's been no that, doubts no, along yeah, the way. How about you, short. Michelle? No. Uh, sorry, what was that? You, you've... Positive. Oh, you managed to stay positive um, the whole time. I mean, I'm generally not, like, a super positive person. I... I, I, I know that doubts. feeling. Anybody who knows me would say the same. Yeah, yeah. Thing. I'm not. I'm not like a. I'm not. A, I don't have a sunny disposition. I'm a bit more pessimistic about things. Um, but what was the original question? <laughs> <laughs> what, like so how do you how do you stay positive? Any particular things you do to stay positive? Um, I I take the Mickey out of myself. I think I I don't take things sort of too, think too seriously. seriously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's good advice. What the next one? Um, feeling out of control. Have either of you? Yeah, probably in times. <laughs> yeah. Felt yeah. slightly Many out of time. control. Yes. Many a time. And so yeah. you just you just suck it up and go with it, run with it. And is that where your supervisor can, can come in <laughs> yeah, and, and for help? Sure. And... No, I was being a bit yes. dramatic. Um, <clears throat> it's. I, I mean, you just. But we both have experience with research prior to our PhD, so I think we know the process and we we know that. There'll be hairy moments. And we so, know so that we will get through it. So obviously yeah. we've talked about supervised relations, but what about with your peers? I mean, do you mm. do you have that support network amongst your fellow PhD students to talk oh, to yeah. about things? Yeah. I, I mean, I've often so. seen you all going for coffee across yeah. the way and having a little chat and catch up with each other. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. So peers, peers, peers are, are good. Peers are yeah. very Don't cut important. yourself off from the community. Yeah. Um, have you seen yourself as any as an employee? At any time, in, I guess in that relation to the PhD. Yeah, I mean, you I mean guess. like see it as a nut. What, what, what do you mean? See it well, as I a guess. job. Are you being, you know, you, I guess you're being paid for what you do. You're, you're an employee. You're not. I'm not being paid own. much to do this yeah. <laughs> for starters. Well, because I mean, shoot, you know, as we talk about, you know, your research is self-driven, and, yeah. and your, you know, your once you get to the stage of a PhD, it's not like when you're doing undergrad and mm. you had to turn up to lectures. You, you, you realize it is more than just a job when you start taking your work to your holidays and mm-hmm. transcribing. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So, of course, we take it seriously, yeah. And if you were to think of it as a job, I don't necessarily think that would be a bad thing as well because you can kind of yeah, strike that work-life balance as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah, also yeah. That maybe that comes back to your relationship with your supervisor. Right. Again, I think maybe some supervisors might start to think of their students as employees, mm-hmm. as the, the people they're supervising as employees. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And they're, your, they're living... You know, through you and helping support you do your research, that she's then under them. I yeah, don't know if right. Some people work that way, right? Yeah, they obviously have a vested interest in you, but at the end of the day, if you're comfortable with them, then you, you're going to be able to tell them, hang on. So that's I don't good. Feel you, do you haven't had I that feel like I'm an employee. Challenge. Of yours. Mm-hmm. Stress yeah. about being published? Are you stressed about getting published? No. No, because no pressure no. to. Yeah, I to, think I. Yeah. I think I am. Yeah, I think it depends on which uh, path you take. You can, you know, publish these. Uh, sorry, write your PhD with publication. Yeah. Um. So if you choose to go down that path, yeah. I think you do have the responsibility right. to publish, and to get published is actually incredibly hard these days, and to set yourself apart. So. Um, I mean, oh, I don't know if that has changed. I'm sure it's always been. No, hard, I, th- but, I think um, every, I mean, you know, there's a lot of people to feel the yeah, pressure to yeah. get there's, published there's during pressure, your, yeah. the time of your PhD, not 
easily. Yeah, I've actually but. been rejected. I think. I think it was I only once, something once or twice. So you have something yeah, yeah. I've, got, I've got it now. Congratulations! <laughs> but it took it took a while. So um, yeah, yeah. So Wait, is it out? Uh, yeah, it is online. I don't think it's oh, out nice. in the issue yet. Oh well, so, you can so. send us a link. Plug and it. We'll, plug it right we'll now. We'll post plug a link it. in on, the. Plug it. What <laughs> journal is it in? <laughs> it's um in in the International Journal of uh, Psychogeriatrics. Uh, oh. American, sorry, American Journal of Psychogeriatrics. <laughs> well, we, we'll make sure so we post yep, a link yep, yep, in yep. the feed to the podcast. Um, and so it wasn't included in work, but social life, I mean, you haven't turned your back on your social lives. No, no. I think that's really important and you've got to make the time for it no matter what. Otherwise, you'll go insane. Okay, <laughs> we're coming to the end of our time. So before we finish, I want to tell you, well, I've got I like more. how he's speaking fast. <laughs> what advice would you give to anybody else thinking of doing a PhD? Just top, top one thing. Um, I think choose your topic wisely. Choose something that you feel passionate about or personally connected to. I think that'll help you keep, that will help. keep at it. Good advice. Michelle? You know what? I, I don't know if I'm qualified to give advice because everyone is so different. I, I won't give advice. I think feel your way through it. Surround yourself with people you trust. Build a good relationship with your supervisors um, and just go the flow. That's, I prefer a more organic approach. I don't, you know, I don't like saying top five tip for this and that because everyone's different. Thank Everyone you. goes through their PhD journey differently. So just go with it. Thank you very much. Okay, so it's time, well, it's time to end today's podcast. I'd like to thank our panelists, Michelle and Louisa. I, I'm, I'm saying ending because I've got another question here because it's usually at this point that we tell <laughs> listeners how they can find you on social media and how they can connect and if they have questions about your work and your research, they should reach out go. through Twitter. <laughs> but I'm very conscious when you sent me your profiles, neither of you are on Twitter. That's because is, is no that a conscious one in decision? Australia uses Twitter. That's but so not true. So I don't know true. a single person who uses Twitter. We have so like, many followers on our Twitter. Yuni does not use Twitter. <laughs> no, she doesn't. But we have lots of followers on uh, from the podcast who are all across Australia and who are on social I media. I thought people just it. use Twitter to like retweet things so they can win like holidays to Hawaii or something. No, it's uh, the it's wow. big misconception. I don't think that academic can I Twitter just, like... is huge. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's 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 huge. But I mean, your area of research particularly. But there's mm. this whole kind of huge community of people doing uh, yeah. dement- in fact it even has its own hashtag hashtag dem phd and there's whole groups of people meet yeah. virtually to talk about life research challenges yeah issues I did not know that. connecting with sure. people with dementia as well so through we're Twitter. having a discussion after this i'm gonna educate you <laughs> okay so so my questions i had here was is this a deliberate decision to stop you getting distracted but yours is just because you didn't see the value of it yeah i'm gonna no, i'm gonna bombard just, you with links from people yes. that have oh, art blogs no. and Great articles idea. Love no. it. Um, um, i think for me it was more that i actually don't feel like i have the time to become a, an adequate twitter around like i've i've got a huge social network and we're you know communicating mm-hmm. via whatsapp i'm not using facebook that much anymore but with you know two jobs and the phd uh, it's LinkedIn and Twitter, isn't it? I, I, mean, just, I, I just don't go. feel like I've got... <laughs> but do you also... But like you've got your st- I mean, no. No, it's no, not. So I've got LinkedIn. You've got LinkedIn. I do. Well done. <laughs> okay. I'm not going to I'm not gonna make you feel bad about our Twitter, but yep. let's maybe just try... By the end, by the time this podcast no, is published... I'm, I'm, maybe I'm starting to get converted, so hopefully <laughs> we can edit in a, a Twitter well, handle. Can, can I just later. ask you, what have you gained from 
Ooh, lots so so uh, we find lots of people who are going to contribute to blogs and podcasts who right. approach us and ask, hey, I'd like to do this, I'd like to talk about that. I find interesting articles that I otherwise mm-hmm. wouldn't have known right. were published because you've got to be switched on all the time otherwise. Do you use ResearchGate? Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. we look at that as well. Have you found that useful? Um, yeah, absolutely, particularly okay. if you're looking for something particular. Also, things like the, um, what's it called, the Al's forum is it the mm-hmm. uh, is it the Al's forum where they publish every day there's latest articles i mean there's a lot of bench signs in there but not just yeah, yeah. um um in there too so no we we and also as well i've made a whole bunch of community of friends mm. at, that then when you go to conferences you meet these people that's great yeah. building up your profile too i mean yeah. it kind of helps build up your profile share and you'll have people approach mm. you to ask questions about your work mm. and you find out if other people are doing the things that you're maybe you're you know your point earlier about nobody else is doing my phd maybe there is there are like <laughs> 10 people in the uk doing it right now you, you just you didn't know hit that. me up well, <laughs> michelle.ly at sydney.edu.au <laughs> So thank you to Michelle and Lisa. Uh, if you've got anything to add to the topic, uh, we've uh, the topics we've talked about today, please do push your comments in the forum on our website or drop us a line on Twitter using hashtag ECRDementia. If you'd like to come into the studio and join us for a podcast to talk about your own work, please get in touch. Finally, I'd like to thank the University of Sydney Nursing School for allowing us to record the podcast here today, uh, and particular mention, of course, for uh, Professor Yunhee, uh, who uh, for Yunhee, who we've talked about before, who kindly encouraged encouraged you guys to come in and, and made this possible and help bring it about. Uh, finally, please remember to subscribe, like, share, and review our podcast, um, which is available also on um, iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, and um, all the other places. Uh, and please do tell your friends and colleagues. Thank you very much. Thank, thank you, Louisa. And thank you, Michelle. That was fun. Thanks. It was weird. Thank you. This was a podcast brought to you by Dementia Researcher. Everything you need in one place. Register today at dementiaresearcher.nihr.ac.uk.